Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of the Baked and Awake podcast. It's Friday, the 11th of January, 2019, and this is the first edition of the podcast for this coming for this year. We're taking a dab together real quick to get things started, and I've got a nice fatty rolled up of some Oregon Silver Haze to smoke while we get into it here. Very white CO2 oil from uh, my work garden, Weed Plus Tacoma, beautiful Tacoma, Washington. Um, all right, well, I I guess I acted out my usual disclaimer there for you just now. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for being here. Please be aware, we smoke weed on the show. Baked and awake, baby. We're here in Seattle, Washington. We're recording in a legal state. We uh, happen to we the royal we myself. I work in the industry here in Washington State. We talk industry news, cannabis headlines, and stories of general interest for folks, and uh, do so from our unique perspective as being part of the. Not only the industry, but the adult consuming community here in Washington, one of the more mature legal markets in the country. So uh, keep it in mind if you're in mixed company or in an office setting or somewhere where, you know, occasional light cannabis use might not be the best thing. Yeah. Disclaimer completed. Uh, find the podcast in all its glory at our newly updated but already existing homepage that is www.bakedandawake.com all episodes are published straight to that page as well as all your different podcasting platforms if there's a podcast application or platform you can't find us on please let me know email me at talk to us at bakedandawake.com and I'll do my best to correct any oversights in availability but you can always get it at the source at bakedandawake.com where you can click through on the episodes right on the home page uh, and get through to the actual podcast hosted page where you'll find rich notes for every episode and additionally a lot of times attachments pdfs they may be images, they may be um, short documents, they may be studies, stories, etc., um, all of which have been published at different times with episodes of the podcast over the course of the last year or so. Um, yeah, so keep that in mind. Uh, please show some love to all my friends over at 
DamagedGoodsInc.com. That's the Damaged Goods Network, the uh, podcast, independent podcast network that Baked and Awake is a member of. And also, likewise, please show love, visit, and uh, please check out the shows over at www.darkmyths.org. Baked and Awake is a proud affiliate of the Dark Myths Collective these days. And uh, wonderful shows to be found in both of those homes, Damaged Goods and Dark Myths. You can also, by the way, grow your own podcasting toolkit if you happen to be a podcaster in the making or already producing a show and you listen to this show. Thank you, first off, for spending some of your valuable listening time with me. Uh, And uh, second off, if you're not already, join us in, uh, what do we call it, fellowship online fellowship at the Podcast Builders League, a cooperative community of mostly independent podcasters founded originally on Facebook, uh, but you can find us on Twitter, uh, Reddit, and Discord, uh, with a lot more coming in 2019. Uh, We're 450 members strong and growing all the time. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Builders to learn more and to get invited to participate in the Facebook group. Uh, I also wanted to do a couple of brief shout-outs today. Um, You know, again, I hate to call stuff like this housekeeping or put any other little trite label on it. These are important sentiments and messages. All of that stuff that I just mentioned is important you know, little data points. So I'm sorry for anybody who has to slog through that stuff. Hopefully you just hit your little fast forward button if you've heard it all before and get to the good stuff. There's no no shame in that game. A couple shout outs though. Uh, YouTube um, fellow, Philip Druzinin of YouTube uh, for his uh, recent on-air shout out on a live chat. He's a, he's a great mud flood researcher with a big channel, uh, really has a lot of followers and doesn't need to even take notice of a, you know, derivative um, sort of, you know, consumer of his work such as myself. But he did mention me favorably and, and the, the channel on a live chat uh, with a fellow uh, mud flood researcher and, and YouTube, prolific YouTube vlogger, Richard Lopez. Uh, shout out, by the way, to Mr. Lopez, uh, my brother, we could be long-lost relatives, as my birth name before my adoption as an infant was actually Victor Lopez, born August 26, 1974, in New York, New York, by the way. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Richard will probably never hear this, but nevertheless, uh, kind of cool. I was like running into Lopez's doing good work, so... Uh, and now you all know my secret identity. Uh, shout out to my Patreons and uh, my PayPal uh, donators and supporters, especially uh, Nick and Derek. You guys are the real MVPs and never let anybody tell you differently. I just love you guys' support. Can't tell you enough. Um those of you listening now who have been thinking about it and you know who want to remember how to do it, you can also support the show on a one-time basis, a, a buck, five bucks, whatever you want to do, uh, or ongoing, uh, by visiting, again, bakedandawake.com. It's all there at our main home. And you can click through to the support page right from the landing page and hit uh, a PayPal link right there. 
Okay. Uh, we also do, I do have a Patreon, but I really think I'll be focusing on my own website and traditional PayPal donations as, as my preferred outlet for support in 19 and beyond. Uh, cause I just don't know where Patreon's going. We'll see. Um, so please visit the updated website. I did just spend some time on it in the past week or so, redid some graphics, cleaned up some stuff, tidied up some stuff, and uh, added a banner for our T Public Shop as well on there that you can get to right from the homepage if you want to rep the show with some Baked and Awake merch, by the way. Um, but visit bakedandawake.com and do me a really big solid please one or two of you sign up for the baked and awake email mailing list so no matter what happens with any of these social media platforms that we rely on so much uh we're going to get to why here in a second no matter what happens you'll always be able to stay in touch with me and the show if you would like to do so um, then sure, you know, if you've got the bandwidth, if you've got the resources and you value the show at all and you want to support, find and hit that PayPal wallet. And, you know, like I say, maybe even cooler is uh, go to the homepage and click the banner and do the T public thing. It's, you know, I only get a few dollars for every purchase, but you get something that you get to hang on to and keep in addition to like, I don't know, a little bit closer connection to the show um, by having something cool that, you know, maybe you can take a picture and show me you're wearing the T-shirt or using your coffee mug or something like that. And I get a couple bucks off of every purchase. And, you know, maybe that's a mug that you you are able to use uh, in your workplace. Maybe that's a mug that you are able to use, you know, socially with family and friends and spark a conversation once in a while and help us find a new listener. Um you get where I'm going with that. That's amazing support. So uh, deeply appreciate anybody who supports us there. Check it out. Um, yeah, also, so on that topic of needing to be independent of our, or at least have fallback positions to go to digitally in the in the web in the 21st century here as content creators and, you know, whatever we may be, whatever little niche we're in, uh, in my case, the podcast and its content and everything that goes along with it and maybe these future projects like newsletters that I'm trying to do uh, around it. Um, I want to, you know, continue my shout outs by shouting out a couple of uh, friends of mine on Instagram who both of whom have had their accounts taken down recently kind of out of nowhere. Um, first off, uh, my friend Nico Man. Okay, Nico Man and Nico Man Sucks both got taken down off of Instagram. Both had huge followings. Uh, Nico Man had, I got to say, over 50K followers or more. So, you know, not, not millions of followers, but it was a successful account. And likewise, Nico Man Sucks was somewhere in, you know, 15,000, 20,000 followers or something like that. These were big accounts. And this gentleman's an artist and a musician and a really humorous guy. He's a meme lord. Um really has a lot of fun on Instagram, had a thriving following. Um, he interacted with me a lot and, uh, I always really appreciated that cause I'm such a small little dipshitty account. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, he was able to appeal and get Nico man sucks back. So that's, uh, this is somebody to follow at N E K O M A N s-u-c-k-s nico man sucks uh check him out he was able to get that one back and he's working on getting nico man back but you know you don't get all your followers back you know uh he had to follow me back and add me back 
it was crazy. I don't even know what the hell. Uh, I, yeah, so he got nuked. Uh, Shade Queen from Daddy Issues, all right, my network mate, stable mate over at Damaged Goods. Um, Shade got her account pulled down in the last week without so much as a how do you do. Uh, and so she, unfortunately, I don't think has had a, uh, you know, a restoration of that account. Um, and so she's back on Instagram as Shade Queen 2019. And, uh, you know, go follow her, help her build back up her uh, footprint there. Lots of fun, sexy posts and uh, sort of co- kind of motivational poster <laughs> type um, content. Uh, but also, importantly, updates about her excellent show on which I've been a guest more than once. So, um, but yeah, you know, here's an account, a uh, platform, Instagram, you know, we've got platforms like Facebook. I've experienced the shutdown on Facebook of a, of a thriving, growing community that I had founded uh, a few years back uh, that was based around, of all things, I know it's a weird uh, interest, but I was uh, doing a lot of backyard marksmanship, okay, plinking, shooting air guns, BB guns, pellet guns specifically, uh, you know, at like little metal targets, beer cans and shit like that. And, um, but building and modding these things and had a community of a couple thousand people get taken down overnight from Facebook a couple years back. That community never rebounded uh, adequately. It was just dispersed to the winds uh, on the internet um, and, uh, you know, tried to rebuild it, just was totally unsuccessful in keeping the same head of steam uh, as we initially had with the uh, first group. Uh, these, you know, so I haven't had a personal account taken down yet, but I've certainly been put in Facebook jail a couple times. Um, never really gotten a strike on Instagram yet that I know of, but Nico man. So this is the thing. Nico man's pretty wholesome. Doesn't get, you know, doesn't get too kinky or weird on his account. Likewise, daddy issues as provocative as it sounds. Um, there's no outright nudity on any of their posts. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, anything that you could call explicit other than adult language in any of their posts. So really weird. Um, and, uh, I saw a post last night go out on YouTube from Philip Druzhenin, uh, the Russian mud flood researcher who's so amazing. And he discovered, you know, and, and posted a quick live update to all his followers about the fact that, uh, popular, uh, channel on YouTube, the Mud Flood channel, all right, it was a channel simply entitled Mud Flood, which was just full of videos, great videos uh, with a lot of interesting um, photographic evidence and, and you know, sort of talking points. Uh, just down, gone. Uh, and this guy was actively, he was a Canadian, I want to say like Edmonton, Canada or something like that. And he was prolific. I mean, he was charging. He was putting up uh, videos all the time. And uh, he's just poof, gone right now. Nobody knows where that account went or if it'll be able to be resurrected or not. So, yeah. All that brings me to thoughts like this privilege that we enjoy of using these social media platforms that we like so much is not a right. It is, a, it would appear to be a privilege and we appear to be 
subject to at times whimsical or hard to predict uh, censure on these platforms. I don't know. You know, we can call it censorship. <laughs> we can call it whatever you want to call it. Um, you can call it damn sad. Uh, you could call it dystopian. Uh, but whichever way, you know, whichever peg you want to put it in, it's uh, or peg hole <laughs> you want to put it in. Uh, you know, I don't like it. And I think the only thing I can do is try to keep bringing value to my domain, bakedandwake.com, and keep finding ways to make that worth visiting. Because I know it's really, you know, it's boring to just go to one person's website, I know. Um, but I want to make sure it's all there for you if I disappear from anywhere where you've already expected to see me and that I'm communicating all the time. Go back and find me there so that we can rebound if I lose the Facebook page, if I lose my Instagram account, for example, which I you know enjoy posting on a lot and I like to share a lot of episode-related, podcast-related content on, right? And a lot of myself on as well with you guys. So... Um, but these things can be taken away in an instant and to, you know, even despite my best efforts to the contrary, even if I built a backup account, blah, 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 and got a few people to follow that. I mean, really, how much overhead do I need to put into to all that? I think the 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 move is the play is have your own domain if you can afford it. And I don't know if I can afford it or not, but I've got it. I paid for it for a few years ahead of time. So we're pretty solid on that front for right now, right? Um, and and make sure we're leveraging it to whatever value it can be. So I don't know what future features I'll be able to build into my website and how it may transform over time. But if I can get folks to do... You know, any of what I just asked, drop by the website, um, give me some click-throughs and views on that to check through my host, GoDaddy, and um, sign up for that email list so that I can, you know, do a few things that I want to do in terms of testing the waters with a little lightweight email newsletter. Nothing crazy, just a couple few times a year, like four times a year I want to send something out maybe, like a quarterly. Um, so there we go. You know, I know we could, uh, I know that speaking on controversial topics like I do ensures eventually uh, there's a possibility that I'll get, you know, just sort of reported by some weirdo who thinks I'm taking a big stand on something that, you know, we're just sitting here chopping it up about. Um, and, uh, and because of that, get taken down. You know, I know I also could have created a much more you know, popular podcast with a lot less controversy and a lot more potential for growth and downloads and views and sponsorships and, uh, you know, monetization and all that shit by, sorry, excuse me, just being real, by like not being controversial, by just having a podcast about gardening or having a podcast, you know, sitting down and podcasting week in and week out about motorbikes and, and other stuff that I love. You know, there's a whole r wide world of things to podcast about out there and there's quite a few things that I'm passionate about besides weed believe it or not everybody and besides you know mud flood and all sorts of other super wacky you know corners of the conspiracy realm but we're doing what we're doing for a reason 
We're plugging away in this little weird niche. The weed is there on the front end as a filter. If you think us stoners are so dumb and so not worthwhile that the title of the podcast or the fact that we have a little bit of cannabis content up front of most shows is a total deal breaker for you, I bid you good day. Okay? Um, We're here to help in the way that we can on that front. I have access to the plant and the industry that most people in regions that aren't here never will. So I know by virtue of that alone, I should hopefully be able to give a few people some good info now and then. I didn't start last week either. I've been at it. So, that's there for a reason. It's a filter. I'm not going to lie. It really is. And then the second half, the meat and potatoes, you stick around for that, and that's where we hopefully really have some fun and maybe even learn something together. And I'm way off script. What I want to go into and not have a two-hour-long episode about it here is just a couple little uh, sort of reflections on 2018 about the podcast. Okay, I want to share with you some milestones we passed in 2018 together. This is episode 65 of the podcast right now. In 2018, we published 42 episodes of the show. All right. Really stoked about that. I was shooting for weekly. I didn't quite hit weekly over the course of the year, but um, off a pace by a few episodes in number, I made up more than made up in length on the episodes that I did put out. Um, Overall episode length went up a little bit over the course of the year. We also, another big milestone for 2018, we exceeded, just this past month, we exceeded 15,000 total downloads. So we hit the big 15K, and we're tracking on, you know, our next big milestone would be 25,000 downloads. It would be really nice to, be wonderful to see. 20,000, then 25. We'll get there. We also topped, and this was an important one and really interesting and cool, we managed to top 100 YouTube subscribers. Uh, that enabled us to enable a custom YouTube URL for having over 100 subscribers. Uh, so that was neat. Like YouTube sends you a little email giving you props and telling you, yeah, you can get your own URL now. So I got that. Uh, and then at 1,000 subscribers, by the way, is when we get super chat, by the way, you guys. Um, so maybe I'll st- start doing more lives, um, doing a few lives over the course of the year and see if we can't um, build up youtube viewership a bit before we probably get taken down from there for some random reason who knows (laughs) um but yeah the youtube subscriber community uh currently is 139 members and growing so please join me there if you're not already on youtube i think the main benefit of listening at all on youtube is just uh, the ease of commenting you know, uh, and because I'm already there and YouTube gives me really good metrics too. They give everybody really good analytics on their videos. So I will say that too about YouTube. Um, also in 2018 though, we launched the baked and awake news brief 
an Alexa skill uh, called a flash briefing with 19 episodes and counting as of this morning. Uh, if you have an Alexa-powered device, please uh, enable the Baked and Awake News Brief flash briefing skill today. Uh, next and, and last, most importantly, is the, sh- the podcast was listened to in over 64 countries in 2018, including, among others, the USA, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Peru, El Salvador, Panama, Colombia, Guatemala, Venezuela, Argentina, Ireland, the UK, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Denmark, the Netherlands, Russia, Latvia, the Ukraine, Austria, Hungary, Romania, Spain, Italy, Portugal, Bulgaria, Macedonia, Greece, Turkey, Cyprus, Macedonia, Iran, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Uganda, Kenya, South Africa, India, Indonesia, Malaysia, Sri Lanka, the Philippines, Thailand, Japan, Taiwan, South Korea, and even strong listenerships in Australia and New Zealand. Thanks for listening to all of those. Apologies for not listing every single country, but that was like the top 50 or 53. And let's face it, who knows? A couple of those could just be weird VPN footprints, who knows, you know, uh, but who cares? That's still amazing to me. And I'm just so incredibly grateful for everyone who has listened even once and maybe shared the show with a friend. Uh, Please, in 2019, just everyone who hears this message in a bottle, little time capsule, please share this podcast with one wonderful, weird intelligent and curious friend of yours if you can do that for me i'm sure i'll feel like i can do anything your support means the world to me and podcasters vloggers all the other indie creators you have no idea you're you're how it happens you're how it stays happening we all might start on a whim or an impulse in the vacuum but we put it out there we throw it out there All right, people are throwing their little hearts out there for you. Myself included. So, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) 
those are the milestones, right? Um, here's uh, another little uh, fun recap, though, that I uh, thought we would do. The top five most popular episodes of 2018. Okay, and let me get, uh, I'm going to grab my ashtray. Time for that silver haze. So wasn't that fun though? So that that was those are some fun milestones. Uh, but here's another cool list: top five most popular episodes. Um, if you missed any of these, especially if you're newer, maybe go back and check them out. Okay, uh, starting from most downloaded on down to the fifth most downloaded. Number one is the surveillance state and you. That one came out back on January 21st of the of 2018, the beginning of the year. Number two, uh, the Mud Flood Deception and Grand Tartaria. Now, this is arguably actually my number one episode if you count the over 1,600 views on YouTube that that video has already garnered. Um, as I recapped elsewhere, views don't necessarily account. You know, it's not the same as a full download. It's not the same as listening to the whole thing. But somebody made it there 1,600 times, and I do have quite a bit of retention on that video and a lot of comments on that video, and I believe I got a few subscribers on YouTube because of that video. So the Mud Flood Deception in Grand Tartaria just came out back in December on the 12th, 2018. Really interesting content. And we're not done with that. Number three. The Landmark Forum is probably not a cult. Not occult, but not a cult. Uh, February 1st, 2018. Great episode about the self-help Motivational speaker, pop psychology, mass hypnosis, like weekend retreat crew, the Landmark Forum crew. They're really interesting. Uh, right behind that episode at number four is part two of that episode, actually, which is neat because that means people like both. Um, the, the second episode in that uh, two-parter was called the Landmark Forum Breakdown, and that came out on February 5th. 2018. Um, I'd like to I'd like to revisit Landmark as well on the podcast here in the coming year. In the context of Landmark and ties to Scientology and forward-looking ties to uh, Nexium and etc. with the Allison Mack Keith Ranieri. Um, culty group so or maybe resemblances more than strong connections okay you know smearing people left and right probably get sued by those fuckers that'll be great then at least we're doing something right uh all right and finally at number five fifth most downloaded episode of the year was also a january episode it was entitled ai generated fake porn aka Deepfakes. And uh, put that on on the 26th of January 2018. 
So yeah, if you like the sound of any of those episodes and you haven't checked them out, um, that that deepfakes topic is huge and we will be coming back around on that. There was literally just a report earlier this week. Uh, we're in the middle of this historic government, federal government shutdown right now. And uh, President Trump addressed the nation a couple nights ago, I think Wednesday night, Tuesday night or Wednesday night on the television. And apparently one of the local Seattle Fox affiliates, it would appear might have like aired altered footage of him, looked poorly deep faked. Um, what they did was like make him orange and more orange <laughs> and messed up his facial features a little bit, made him heavier and derpier, if that's possible looking. Um, uh, it, it may have also been that they actually altered and omitted some of his speech. So I know crazy allegations. Um, sorry, not the topic of the day today. Look it up yourself if you want to. Um, but yeah, if there's if there's anything to it, I'll do it in more depth on the on the podcast. But yeah, deep fakes, it's crazy. Check out, go back, roll back, man. That's what those podcasts, you know, archives are there for. They don't go bad. They're evergreen. They're just as fresh as the day they were canned for you. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, finally, I have a like a top five biggest cannabis stories of 2018. So another look back on the year. And uh, this is top five stories of 2018 according to me. Just according to me. Just off the top of my head. Um, all stuff we've talked about here at some level. Coming in at number one. See, I don't do this. I should do this backwards, right? Do five, four, three, two, one, whatever. We're going to just, let's carefully check to make sure we're still recording. Okay, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Y'all already know what that was, right? Your boy Steve blew up his own podcast and, uh, didn't hit the two main mix button on the old mixer when I came back from checking the status of the up till then flawless recording. Uh, then I proceeded to talk into dead air or a non-listening piece of software for the next 20 minutes or so. But what we do in cases like this, we turn lemons into lemonade. It's all good. I went back and added a few notes to this top five stories, uh, for cannabis stories of 2018, and uh, fleshed them out a little bit more for you. And we are going to flip the script and go from, in my own informal ranking, fifth most important up to first most important. Um... And yeah, these are totally shiftable. It's debatable. Any of these top five stories could be the story of the year for 2018. But I'll start way down here on what I had listed as number five, which barely squeaked in to 2018. It actually didn't get submitted as a bill on the House floor over in 
the United States legislature until this past week here in 2019, but we knew about it in late 2018. We knew about it in December. Uh, H.R. 420 was announced. Uh, Oregon Democrat Earl Blumenauer was the one who got this one rolling. I believe, you know, obviously he has support from other legislators on this, but I think he wrote a lot of the language for it. Um, it is popularly referred to as the Regulate Cannabis Like Alcohol Bill. And yes, they did name it H.R. 420 in a nod to our official, unofficial, global cannabis celebrating holiday that we celebrate every year. So, this bill, uh, if passed, would permanently deschedule cannabis as a controlled substance under U.S. federal law. This is, this is big, you know. This would pave the way for interstate sales and transportation of cannabis between legal markets, even through states or territories that have not yet legalized marijuana. Uh, it does, of course, expressly forbid the product from being transported into the non-legal state and stopping there. Okay, you can't... It's nothing like that. Um, you know, the states will still be respected and... Uh, you know, there's a few states still holding out on this, and we don't necessarily know when any of them are going to be ready to come around, right? So, yeah, I think they likely, though, they do look like they thought about how to make it possible to ship the stuff around the country, as it will be, you know, it would be impossible or a lot harder anyway to literally drive around a state that isn't having it, right? Uh, so my prediction on this one, however, is... Uh, this, along with the Carers Act, okay, H.R. 420 and the Carers Act, or Compassionate Access, Research Expansion, and Respect States Act, also currently on the floor of the House, will pass, along with other key standalone pieces of legislation. And these together will herald the end of the federal prohibition against cannabis in the United States, opening up the possibility for traditional banking institutions and investment bankers and the corporations they empower to come along and literally transform and, in my opinion, not for the better, the entire face of what we have been knowing up to this point as, quote, the industry. I'm being pointedly ominous here because I do see a looming apocalypse for cottage industry level growers processors, and brands. That's absolutely a foregone conclusion for 99% of everyone who thinks they're a player right now in a post-federal prohibition era. In a not unrelated story from last year, coming in at number four on my list is a Pedialex. The FDA-approved treatment for two severe types of epilepsy, Dravet syndrome and Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, both of which seem to target young children and can be responsible for dozens of painful, terrifying, and eventually brain-damaging seizures per day. The medicine, a strawberry-flavored syrup, differs little from many currently available over-the-counter, so to speak, offerings. 
from any of your, you know, hippy dippy new age um, hemp CBD oil product suppliers, right? Um, it basically is a highly concentrated dose of very clean CBD being delivered in this sweet solution, right? The case for products like a PDLX, of course, is the belief that the more rigorous production and purity requirements, quality control, etc., would presumably be in place for an FDA-approved product. Maybe more consistent dosing, that kind of thing. What does this mean for all those mom-and-pop CBD oil producers out here, though? Can they now claim more specifically and less generally that CBD treats, for example, these two horrible syndromes? Nope. And let's be real, they probably shouldn't, okay? Although I wouldn't say don't try using this stuff if you think it might help. This clearly points to CBD being a real thing, okay? But let's, you know, understand here, only a PDLX has been shown in lab testing to be effective. And even then, it's only being approved to be used in combination with other traditional treatments, okay? In typical pharmaceutical fashion, we also see there are listed side effects, including headache, nausea, vomiting, and upset stomach. So I'm not sure what to attribute that to, as I don't usually associate the use of CBD with, you know, any oils with any of those bummer-type symptoms. The prediction here, I guess, is that the approval of this product will, or does, foreshadow what will be a future sort of likely campaign to, dare I say it, I will say it, I'm saying it already, probably dismirch, uh, besmirch, excuse me, or disrupt the existing cottage industry, usurping the apothecary's claim to hemp and CBD products and bringing them into the, you know, GlaxoSmithKline, Lever Corp, Bear Monsanto, Johnson & Johnson purview exclusively. This is what I see coming. If I'm not a complete idiot, We'll all be brushing our teeth with CBD-fortified crest before too long. Of course, they'll push it out to the yuppies first by making a Toms of Maine version, but I digress. That's number four. Coming in at number three, another huge story. Number of stories. Just a trend that we saw over 2018, and we reported on it on the podcast a few different times cannabis stocks exploded public offerings on the New York Stock Exchange this is a tech 3.0 kind of movement going on almost or the beginnings of one in the cannabis realm with with the wolves sharpening their fangs on the sidelines and, and a few of them taking little nibbles at things getting started here uh, what do I mean Firms like Canopy Growth, Tilray, and others were invested in heavily despite that bubble talk. Then there was the Aurora Canamed debacle that resulted in the so-called hostile acquisition of the latter company. 
things in the consolidation and upward transfer of power from small regional players to national and international scale consortiums is already underway. Look for 2019 to feature many more such stories as the Aurora cannabis drama and bigger. Another really important story, and I'm putting this at number two for the year. Would be another CBD-related story, and that is very much related to the EpidioLX story because it wouldn't have been possible without this one. CBD, or let's use the full name for a moment, cannabidiol, everybody's favorite cannabinoid, was legalized federally under the 2018 Farm Bill, also known as the Agricultural Act of 2014. That was passed this year by both the House and the Senate in a <coughs> Republican-led effort. We'll leave the commentary on the whys and wherefores for another day. This bill was subsequently signed into law officially just a few days later by President Trump? Is this bizarro world? Did the Republicans just take credit for legalizing CBD? Uh, well, kinda, but not really, but of course. Sure, whatever, man. It's cool. I don't even care, right? Crucially, we've come to understand that while this federal descheduling of cannabis sativa L, or industrial hemp, that is to say, cannabis plants containing 0.03 or less percentage of THC allows for the free production of CBD-based products for sale in the U.S. markets, and it also allows for interstate commerce of the same. This does not, for example, legalize the growing, what we often refer to as production in the, like, in the cottage recreational biz, but growing specifically freely by whomever, wherever, and absolutely not individuals. Only licensed farmers who are participating in state-run programs that are in turn federally compliant can participate in industrial hemp production. So, sadly, this means that as yet, you are not allowed to just start growing your own hemp CB plants alongside your windowsill strawberry patch. I say as yet, but I'm really not sure we need every Tom, Dick, and Sally up and down the block growing big old hemp plants and spreading pollen all over the neighborhood. You might ruin someone's hard-preserved sense of Amelia. All right, finally. Number one, in my opinion, biggest cannabis story of 2018 and I cheated bad here, you guys. It's two stories. California, on January 1st, 2018, legalized recreational pot. And although their impact in 2018, sales-wise, hasn't been you know what it will be in coming years due to the normal getting a new market set up hiccups, they were also followed in October of this year by the entire nation of Canada 
Canada voted this legal back in 2016. We've been waiting for implementation. They pushed it back from July 1st, which was the original language of the uh, legalization date, but that's also Canada Day. Um, so, you know, unsurprisingly, they managed to divorce those two from one another, pushed it back a few months due to plenty of other reasons too. But on October 17th of this past year, Canada went legal. I call these both one event and our number one event of 2018 because their impact will be similar. They represent watershed moments for cannabis in terms of new, enormous markets opening up. California is almost a nation in and of itself. Um, it could have a bigger market than all of Canada put together in terms of uh, amount of sales in, in the coming years. We'll see about that. Um, but the point is, is that it will; these two will directly lead to more historic events of this sort in coming years. And we will be watching closely, of course. Um, no prediction much beyond that here, except that the impact of their success will be enormous in the very near future. It'll be felt around the world. We'll hear them cited over and over again as reasons and examples uh, and uh, case studies for why and how other markets decide to transition to legal as well. So, we can lament the black market days and romanticize them all we want, but those days are already passing us by, and so our Our relationship with the plant will change at a personal level, and the industry that we see today will be transformed almost beyond recognition in the next few years. We will see the Coca-Colas and the Philip Morrises and the anheuser Bushes of the world begin to make their inroads in the coming years. So, um, I hope you've enjoyed it. <laughs> what you've had up till now, everybody. Because <laughs> it's over. Just kidding. No, stay at it. Keep grinding. I say 99% of everybody's going to be bought out and blown up and corporatized and dronified and GMO'd, but I hope that's totally wrong. Don't fucking listen to me. I'm just some guy sitting here spewing on the mic. If you're growing that beautiful medicine, if you're taking care of those plants, if you're keeping the culture alive and you're in there right now, every day, going after it, stay there. 2019 is going to be big. And whatever happens to all of us, it'll be very interesting. That's for sure. All right. Well, I've had a lot of fun uh, with that list. Uh, I have one last brief list for you and that's uh just my podcast goals for 2019 and that should probably take us up to about an hour we'll round it out at an hour here ish uh this week and uh, i kept it to five as well here um kind of just doing it in fives today <clears throat> but i hope you enjoyed some of those predictions that was that was fun for me to do um, and, you know, they came directly out of, you know, looking at those stories closely and, and reflecting on them. You look back at those five and you can say 2018 was some year in cannabis. 
Let's get a sip of water. I had to roll up a hole. Another big bamboo full of Oregon silver haze to redo this final chapter for us. All right. So, as always, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, I can't believe it. Love you. Um, and uh, check it out. This is what we're going to try to do in 2019, okay, uh, with the Baked and Wake podcast. Number one, continue to put out consistent content and always raise the bar for personal reporting integrity and overall quality of work from sound to editing to bringing things like transcription and captions to different platforms doing youtube you name it we won't rush it we won't force them but we'll keep them coming okay i'm not gonna go dark on you for two months at a time and then just come back and act like we're still podcasting i don't i I, bums me out when podcasts disappear for months at a time and then try to get started back up i don't know if you're gonna do it do it right if i stop doing it i'll try to stop doing it okay We'll see if I can keep that promise. Uh, number two. In 2019, I want to decrease my Facebook presence to the barest minimum. With an eye, frankly, to leaving completely, maybe in 2019. Obviously, this is partly a personal goal, to be sure, but it, it just has to happen. You guys all know the reasons as well as I do. We all have our real lives seriously tied up in that thing these days as well we have all our communities are living up there on facebook i get it but social media is a privilege from what i'm seeing not a right and one that increasingly is being just infringed upon if it were ever a right the onslaught on free speech and expression the uh, tenuousness of the you know reliability of your like the account that you invest time and energy into if you're in a controversial space if you're in you know any area that can be subjected to public censure at any point in time you might just find yourself you know three strikes you're out or you might just find yourself one strike you're out on that hard-loved Instagram profile that you've been building up for years on that hard-loved Facebook profile that you've been building up for years. So, and it's not just because these guys might ban us or shadow ban us or kick us off their platforms in any way, shape, or form. It's also because of their surveillance of us and their merchandising of our data and their you know, numerous overreaches of our privacy. Just story after story. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. So Facebook is fucked and we're going to figure out how to get off it in 2019. Here's part of how. Number four. We're going to increase our efforts to get engagement from you guys, the listener, with the Baked and Wake website and the mailing list button that I mentioned earlier today. I want to get 100 subscribers on that mailing list. That's my goal for 2019, 100 subscribers. That That's like 10 people a month, and we'll exceed that by the end of the year, right? Finally, number five, I want to use that 
newly powered up mailing list to send out four newsletters in 2019. Newsletter, it's an email, one pager, brief email. It's not going to be full of sales pitches. It's not going to be full of sponsored messages or other bullshit spam. It's going to be follow-up info from episodes. It's going to be bonus materials from episodes, like the ones that I attach to the files on, on certain episodes, but maybe I'll push them some of them back down to the newsletter for you guys to put them in right in your inboxes. It will be um, calls to action, right? Uh, to help me decide topics, things like that. It's a place that we will have the bakedandawake.com domain and things like the mailing list and the blog that go along with it when all the social medias crumble under the weight of their own corruption. Okay. So those are our podcast goals for 2019. That's our recap of the of the year for 2018 looking back. I hope you go back and check out one or two of those top 5 episodes from uh, earlier this year. That was the surveillance state at you, the mud flood deception and Grand Tartaria, the landmark forum episodes 1 and 2 my episode on AI-generated fake porn, a.k.a. deepfakes. All great episodes. There's common threads between some of them, too, you know, if you look for them all there. I mean, that's what we do. We try to, you know, operate in a space where everything looks back at everything else. Who knows? Maybe we, maybe we connect a few dots together. Uh, the things we talked about today were not even close to the only stories of note in the realms that we were in, and it wasn't even close to everything we talked about last year, but those were just a few highlights that were a lot of fun to spend a moment looking back on, um, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be looking forward to probably getting back in, rolling up our sleeves, and looking at more mud flood related research on our very next episode because uh that mystery is rich right now and it's popping on youtube and elsewhere um in terms of researchers and people getting together and talking about that topic and bringing up new stuff on it all the time um and it's yeah one of the weirder stories that i've come across and there's a lot of stuff about it that i'm skeptical of as well and there's a lot of flat earthers all around this topic so and they sort of seem to think mud flood and flat earth go hand in hand i'm not necessarily you know remotely convinced of that at all and i've already been criticized for that by some flat earthers on on youtube comments and stuff like that but that's great i just love that they're listening at all and commenting um you know it's more than i get out of a lot of people so (laughs) But I'm not I'm not criticizing you. If you're hearing these words right now, you're already on the team. All right? You listened for a long time today. I'm going to let you get back to your day. You have an awesome weekend. I'm putting this out in the middle of the weekend because it's like the 12th of January, so it's time. Uh, listen to it whenever. Listen to it in chunks. Listen to it at 1.25 speed or 1.5 speed if you're hyped like that. And, you know, maybe I talk too slow because I'm too stony. Uh, I do that to a lot of people who work works beautifully and wakes up all sorts of uh, otherwise lazy podcasts makes them sound like they drank a cup of coffee it's the best uh share the pod have fun take care of those you love uh because every day that you have with them is precious take care of yourself so that you can have more of those days with those you love you know what i'm saying part of that is smoking your indica 
doing shit anyway. Until next time. This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org for more shows like this one. The darkness awaits.